Hello and welcome to the Property Roundup on iProperty Radio with myself, Carol Tallon, the show where we chat to industry experts to get a view on new trends emerging. This show is brought to you in partnership with Property District, changing the narrative of the industry. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by Donald MacDonald, Director at Hooker MacDonald. Donald, you're very welcome. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you, Carol. Um, so, Donald, I, I and many others who are listening in will be regular fans and readers of the Residential Investment Bulletin um, that Hook and MacDonald have, have been generating uh, quite regularly for the last number of years. And I know you and your team are currently working on an update. So you might just give us an overview of the marketplace now as we face into um, as we face into October. Yeah, thanks, Carol. The it's. The, the Irish residential market, it, it never ceases to surprise in terms of the different a- aspects of the market, be it the lettings, the, re- the, you know, the rental market, the investment market, the new homes. And what we're seeing is that there's a huge demand for housing. I think we're all aware of that. You know, from a population point of view, you know, there's the census, census statistics that came out last week and previous releases and there's still more to come. What they're telling us is there's massive demand. There's still a lot of people being born here and there's a lot of people moving here. Um, the the other side of it is the labour market. That's very strong as well. And that's feeding into it. And then the, the supply side is challenged, as we know, and that is making it uh, more difficult for people to get housing. The supply side is improving, which is very positive. And the government have a number of levers that they've, they're bringing to bear in terms of the uh, housing for all. And some of them are working uh, very well. Some of them are working better than others. Um, What we've seen in terms of the, and all of those factors kind of feed into the, if you're familiar with reading the bulletins, we try to give an overview of what's happening in general. And there's, there's all those different factors that feed into what's happening in the investment market, which is related to, to the new homes market as well. The, the investment market has been challenged in that from February of last year, you had, you know, things were the, the post-COVID in 2020, once you got to kind of July, August 2020, we, we had been working on a number of transactions that were about to be contracted, and they were contracted at the time. And that was very positive for the market. Interest rates were at very low levels, and they continued to be up until the the first quarter of last year. And what happened was a number of factors were brought to bear, and that has moved out interest rates. You know, inflation started to increase, the interest rates started to increase, and that has seriously impacted the market for investments, among a number of other factors also. And what that has meant is that there it's it's brought a level of scrutiny to each each asset class within the investment market where people are saying, you know, why are we investing in this asset class? Is it the right thing to do today? And is it the right thing to do in the future? And certainly the feedback we're getting on the residential side is, it's it's definitely the right thing to do in the future. And it, it's the right thing to do today, but we just need to make sure it's the right time for each for, for us. And each investor is kind of saying that. And what we've seen is some investors have held off, but other investors are saying, no, we want to continue to invest. 
but you know we can take our time in doing that and there's some opportunities there for those people who do want to invest but there's Ireland like we've been in at a number over the course of the last six or seven months we, we would travel regularly to the international events to see what is going on in other markets, be it in the States, be it in Europe, be it in, in England, uh, in, in London. And certainly when, when we discussed, we're part of the NAI Global and we had an NAI Global meeting where we met all our uh, counterparts from Europe and some people from the States. And it was amazing when you talk about what's happening in Ireland, how positive the, the, our sentiment is and how what a what a an interesting story it is for people who are who are following real estate, and it's not the case in a lot of other markets. And why that is a challenge is because if you are an asset, if you own assets or you manage assets on behalf of somebody, and other parts of Europe are challenged or other parts of the world are challenged, that's going to affect your view, even if one or two other markets are performing very well. So that's that means that people do slow down the decision making, and there's always somebody in the room who will say, "Well, you know, is this the right thing to do?" Um, but what we've seen overall is when we've spoken to investors, they're they are saying, you know, the the debt markets are a bit more challenged because previously, at a stage where interest rates were very low, people would say, "Oh, well, it's it's beneficial for us to get debt." At the rates that debt is at at the moment, it's a bit more challenging. So therefore, we we probably need rates to come back a bit, where people will be feel a bit more comfortable that they can buy an investment and not use all equity and put an amount of debt on it. And to that, that's beneficial because equity is more expensive, and you want typically want to ration it. But we are seeing some parties who have equity who are targeting the Irish market, and they're looking to see you know where they can transact. What we did see over the last, um, since the, you know, over the last probably 24 months, as part of Housing for All, one of the things that the government has been doing is it's been promoting um, the state bodies or related bodies, the AHBs, they've been funding them, the LDA is progressing well in terms of its mandate, um, and the local authorities are, are uh, funded as well to take new stock and either forward fund it or forward purchase it with developers. That's beneficial in that increasing the housing stock. What it's not doing is it's it's not bringing on, it's not allowing as much stock to come into the private market. Therefore, what we would probably see in the next um, 24 months is there'll actually be less stock coming into the, the rental market for people who are, uh, you know, typical renters who are maybe moving to Dublin or needs or staying in a one bed who now need a two bed, the choices are going to be more limited. And while we have stock at the moment uh, that we're renting and we have a number of schemes around the city, I was chatting to another counterpart who works in one of the other agencies this morning and both of us were commenting how, you know, in a year's time, it's it's hard to see where this pipeline is coming from. And as we all know, development takes a long time to, to happen. Um, so therefore, that's going to be a challenge. And while housing uh, completions are going up, the portion that's going into the rental sector, that's going into the investment markets, is is probably going to go down. And so that's that's going to be really challenging in terms of, you know, the, the Ireland fulfilling 
a requirement of the portion that uh, uh, within the population, those people who either want to or have to rent. Um, thank you, Donald. There's there's so much of what you've said there that I want to maybe drill a little bit further down. I mean, I, I think it's really interesting to hear uh, as you're traveling the international sentiment about the Irish market, because I almost think that's in spite of as opposed to because of government policy in recent years, which has not been a stable or consistent. So I definitely want to come back and have a chat about that. Um, it's It's great to get your perspective there, just, I suppose, to understand the dynamics that are underpinning the, the demand that continues um, the supply, because I feel like we talk a lot about the supply side challenges. Um, and I I think you put it very diplomatically when you say under housing for all, some initiatives are working, some initiatives aren't. So let's maybe start there. Under housing for all, there have been so many initiatives, so many plans, so many great PR opportunities and photo ops and everything. What's actually working? Well, for a number of years, they've had the help to buy scheme. If we're looking at the kind of home ownership side of things, the help to buy scheme. And while people can be critical to say that that's, oh, that's just giving money to people who probably don't need it anyway. There's two sides to it. There's the supply side and the demand side. And while that's seen as a kind of a demand side incentive, we see it from the supply side where we have developers and builders who could build maybe 100 homes in a year, but without the, 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 without the confidence that the help to buy has brought, they would only build 50. And we, we saw once the help to buy was, was brought in, their funders and themselves found confident enough, no, we can build, we can plan this year for the next 12 months to build 100 homes, which is really good because ultimately the incentive is to get people to buy and to get homes built. So we think that that's working very well. The first home scheme is is starting to work very well, albeit the limits are probably the way house prices have gone. The limits within certainly the Dublin region and the the, the, the counties around Dublin. I don't have them here in front of me at the, at the moment, but the limits are too low, which means that people aren't able to um, access the that 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 measure, which is which is you know difficult for them. So those those ones are working well in terms of the um, the, the, the the items that we don't think are necessarily helping the there's been a lot of uncertainty in the construction industry over recent years where you have you know the in the in the last few weeks you've the concrete levy everybody or many people appreciate that there was building some buildings weren't uh, built to a standard that people would expect but to throw a levy on the industry that's already challenged that's that's really difficult and if we talk to our clients who are builders their view is that there's so many things that have been thrown at them over the last number of years be it planning be it costs uh, be it you know supply of sites the it's it's become very difficult for them to do what they want to do which is to build and the things like the residentially zoned land tax and the land value sharing tax, they add more uncertainty and more cost to the delivery uh, process. And ultimately, that's just going to cost the end purchaser because a developer needs to get a return or a builder needs to get a return on, on, on their outlay. And it's, it's adding cost to the end because somebody has to pay the somebody has to pay the tax. And that's how the developers are seeing it, unfortunately. And I know from speaking to developers over recent weeks, that's that's their feeling on it. 
So from a so from a the, the those those items are working well. One of the areas in um, what we would see as housing for all isn't being covered is the rental sector. So you have the social sector and you have the cost rental sector, which is affordable rental. They are being pushed out and there's millions being put into them. What we're not seeing is it's become very difficult to build apartments in, in Ireland because they're so expensive. Over the last number of years, there was a large number of apartments built in Dublin. The only reason in most cases that they were built was because there was large scale investors who are willing to commit upfront to pay for those or to contract to buy those apartments at a price that they couldn't have been sold on on an individual basis. What's happened now is in the investment market, because it's more challenging, it's harder to do that. And there's a disconnect between how much it costs to build an apartment and how much you can sell it for. And as interest rates have gone up, those investors are more limited in terms of how much stock they're taking on and how much how much Ford commitments and Ford funds they're getting involved in. Therefore, there's there's there isn't a supply. The, the, the supply of apartments is going to dry up. And if you look at when we talked about um, policy in Ireland over the last 10 years, there's a policy towards compact growth. There's a policy towards having <clears throat> more density in our cities. And that's Dublin, you know, all of the cities and towns as well as it works. And what they're, you see planning permissions around the country in loads of different parts of the country where you have apartments alongside houses. But in reality, those apartments aren't being built. And so what you have is um, home builders who have sites who are coming to the likes of ourselves in cities all around the country and saying, I'm not going to build this. I'm just wondering if you could get somebody to build this or to buy this site off me. I'm probably going to do something different. And those people are leaving the industry in many cases, and they could be family businesses. And we see this as a huge challenge. And I know people will say, oh, it's a bit, you know, you're just saying that because you, you, you want to see more of what you guys are involved in. But that's not the case. We're seeing it that the people who deliver the, the housing, many people are, are leaving the industry and saying, this isn't worth my time. And we're kind of calling that out now saying, this is going to be a huge problem. And while supply has increased substantially over the last couple of years, we think it's going to be challenging to move it on. And you can see how the Housing Commission and different parties are saying it's not 33,000 homes per year. It's not, it, it, it could be 40, it could be 50, it could be 60,000 homes that we need. So that's a real challenge. The government went out and said we need, we're doing a, a review of the rental sector and they asked for submissions in by the 8th of August. We did a submission, a 30-page submission. Hopefully other people did it. There wasn't a huge amount of time to do it. I was doing it on my summer holidays. Um, and we got, but we got it in. You know, it's that sort of thing. It's a bit rushed, and I just hope that they come up with a strategy where they say we have this, this, and this, and that's going to help apart apartments being built, and it's going to help the people who can buy apartments to to uh, to 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 live in, and people who can buy them to rent them out. At the moment, the to live in sector, in terms of free conners, is something that was was brought in. Brought in two years ago, September, or over two years ago, September uh, two years ago, and that hasn't been successful yet. Now, there's talk of us, again, it's in Housing for All, there's talk of us in recent weeks, 
but it's very slow at coming through. So I think what we've seen is some of the government initiatives are very good, but the delivery and as with any policy, the kind of making sure it works, I don't think it's been done as well as it could have been done. And speaking to people who are in the industry, be it PII or the ULI or institutional property owners, that is, there's there seems to be a bit of a gap on some of the policies and you could probably pick out each of them, be it on the tax side, be it on the incentive side, where you could say, well, if this was done slightly differently, it could probably be more effective. And that's what we would like to see. We would like to see more engagement with the industry. And um, there's there's a lot in what you've said there, Donald. And um, what I'd like to return to is maybe, and I'm conscious actually, and it's it's sometimes it's said to me after we do interviews, why didn't you ask this? Why didn't you ask? There are so many there are so many things in what you've said there that that we could delve into. But what I'm what I'm really taking from it is, is something that I believe we've seen in terms of policy making. Um, a lot of reactionary policy making and that in itself creates uncertainty and a lot of that has been politically driven and I think it is really unhelpful that we're facing into the final year of the government that we have before we face a change because I think that's feeding into this reactionary nature where we're we're getting policies that are not necessarily um, well thought out. We're not, we're not, uh, our policymakers are not, they're not seeing what the very likely unintended consequence are going to be. And we've seen that across a range of policymaking. But I suppose at its most basic level, do you think there's an understanding across policymakers of how important uh, international money is to the industry in Ireland? I think I think people kind of say it's important and we realise how important it is and we know it's important. But if, if that was the case, surely they'd be doing more to attract international capital and funds to Ireland. Like if you look at that figure for uh, IIP have it, and I think the government have it, was that something last week where it was mentioned by one of the members of the government? If you're to deliver 33,000 homes in a year, you need something like um, 13 billion of capital. So that's like oh, well, 13 billion. It's hard for most people to understand because it's like, well, gee, that's, that, that's a huge amount of money. Yes, it is. But when you break it down into, well, the government can supply, um, I, I don't have the exact figures, but say the government can supply um, two or three billion of that. The domestic banks can supply two or three billion of that. And even if the government can supply four or five billion of that, you're still left with a gap of probably seven to nine billion. And that needs to come from external um, external funders. So then you're kind of like, well, if that's the case, surely we should be doing everything we can to ensure that the climate is right and the environment is right for that capital to come in here, because that's what we ultimately need. And 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 the other point is, and Pat Farrell from IIP makes us made it last week at at, at the Burn Wallace event, and he's made it before, is that. If we actually need more than 33,000 homes, the government amount of money and the money supplied by Irish lending institutions like AIB and Bank of Ireland typically can't flex up. So therefore, you need more money uh, from external sources. And I don't think most people appreciate that. And I, I think it's nearly people kind of 
want to put it to the side and think, gosh, we're all doing fine. But if we if we really want to uh, to make sure that 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 money is there, we uh, we need to have the right conditions. The Department of Finance is carrying out a, a review of the funds regime, and they carried out a very detailed process when they met, where they met with many stakeholders over the summer. And it was, sorry, sorry, maybe didn't meet with them, but engaged with and asked for papers. Um, I understand they engaged with, but asked for papers to be submitted uh, last month, and uh, hopefully that's that will bear fruit because I think. They do understand how important that capital is, but really those conditions need to be created. And what we've seen is if you create the right conditions, even if there is uncertainty in other markets, if the right conditions are in place, you can hopefully attract capital to invest in your markets. If they can see that there's certainty and there's a good return. They need returns. That's why people invest in, in anything. So the funders need to get returns for their funds. So I, I I'm, to, to answer your question, I don't think enough has been done. And I think people kind of talk about how important it is. But if we really need to think it's that important, we need to be doing everything we can to, to make sure that the right conditions are in place. You know, you're talking about creating the right conditions, but arguably the right conditions were in place or reasonable conditions were in place. And actually, now we're not talking about attracting international money. We're talking about the things that policy is doing to repel it. It's like we're actively trying to repel it. It has become politically unsavory. And actually, you know, e even down to and again, this is where we're seeing maybe the overly political influence in terms of the rhetoric around the industry, which is really unhelpful. So you describe the Help to Buy as, you know, a, a demand initiative, whereas I, I would see it only as a supply side initiative that the government was not brave enough to call a supply side initiative. But that's exactly what it was, you know, and I think there needs to be more political bravery to say that actually this sector of the industry is extremely important. We need to resource it because we can see that resourcing other sectors is only pottering around the edges. It's not actually it's not actually uh, making an impact. You know, in terms of the asset classes that we still have an interest in international funds where they still have an interest in Ireland. What are those asset classes now? You know, because we've seen co-living um, really get get diminished um, in a way purely because it was misunderstood politically so i mean where are the where are the asset classes that international funds can still show an interest in ireland and are still showing an interest in ireland well i think if, if, if most if there's a return there there's there's good demand uh, across a range of asset classes be it you know be it logistics be it offices be it retail and then into the the kind of the the, the living sector which could be private rental sector which could be students um, and uh, could be, you know, senior senior living. There's there's multiple different areas to to the living sector. So what we're seeing is if if the if the the returns are there, there there is demand, albeit not as much demand as there was because internationally the markets are in a slower period of of spending. Um, so we would have good confidence that provided the the you know. Properties are, are are valued at the at the right sort of level. There, there should be demand across the different asset classes. And certainly, what we're seeing is 
the living sector, while in the States, uh, the United States, there's been a lot of investments in what they call multifamily and single family rental for many years, mostly in multifamily. That is now starting to be replicated in other parts of the world. Ireland was seeing is seeing some of that. There, there is a lot of rental stock, say in Germany, in some other jurisdictions there is as well. But really, rental investment is only getting going. And certainly, we've sort of met some investors over recent weeks. We would we were in London a few weeks ago, myself and my colleague David Cantrell, meeting with investors, and they were saying, you know, we're really spending a lot of time on the residential sector in a few different guises. What that how that can work because they feel, you know, it's beds. Everybody's going to need somewhere to sleep. And this is, you know, it, it, there's, it, it's hard. There's an undersupply in most markets around the world. We think in Ireland, some people think in Ireland, oh, it's, it's only us. Again, if you travel or read the international research, there's an undersupply of housing in most parts of the world. And it's not going to be fixed anytime soon. And a lot of people are saying, well, how can we assist in supplying this, this need? And how can we see if we can get a return by doing that? Okay. And um, again, I, I mentioned midway through the interview there that we might well be in the final year of this current government, um, which makes budget 2024 particularly important. Um, what what do you think can be done uh, to, to actually move the needle, to actually improve um, and, and address housing? Or what would you like to see next week? Um, the I would keep the the help to buy incentive and I push out the limits for the first first home scheme because I think that that can help we see it every day people who are getting on the, the to buy their own property um because they're getting this access to the government's equity that's coming in that would be very helpful um in terms of you know this talk about you know how do you make it viable for for builders to to build more apartments. It's hard to see what's going to happen. There's often been calls for VAT to be reduced. I think the government and the Department of Finance seem hesitant to do that for one reason or another. It's hard to see how, you know, it's we're going to meet our kind of compact growth and uh, housing increases in housing volumes without substantial apartments being built. So something needs to be done to, to see that 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 delivery of of higher density developments the the so th- that's that's another area the, the rental sector again we're seeing thousands of people leaving the sector again when I was in London a few weeks ago and chatting to some of our counterparts who are in other European cities and I said you know where it's the the marginal rate of tax is tar- is charged on rental income. For individual owners, they just thought that this is that that's not the, the case in our country. It could be twenty percent, or it could be twenty five percent. So to have it at over fifty percent, they just felt that that that's you know that that seemed unworkable, totally unworkable to them. So if something can be done there, I don't know if it's going to be enough. Like the what we've seen and we 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 predicted it would happen, as did many others back in 2016, 2017, and everything in terms of the exits out of the sector has continued. And unfortunately, unless something dramatic is done, that's going to be the case. Because what we see is where you have 
the rent pressure zones and the 2%, and then you have high inflation and high interest rates, there isn't the incentive for people to stay in this sector because it's hard to get the reward. And even yesterday, there was an article in the paper saying how, you know, rental stock, some rental stock isn't being invested in. So how could you invest in something where you're making a loss? So I think something something that helps the rental sector and also helps, uh, you know, first-time buyers, I think that would be beneficial. And look, as as is always typical this time of year, you know, there's, uh, there's always the typical kite flying and there was... Uh, talk of extending the help to buy to second hand homes, which is, I suppose, interesting timing, given that the latest uh, data coming out from DAF.ie shows that we have, in terms of supply of second hand homes, 20% less than this time next year. Um, and given that help to buy is essentially a supply side initiative for the construction industry, is that something you'd like to see? I, I, I'm not sure where that came from. I don't really, uh, I, I think help to buy should foster new supply and help people buy homes that wouldn't have been there if that incentive wasn't there. So I, I, I don't really see how it's beneficial for Ireland to have it for second-hand homes. Yeah, look, we, we'll, uh, we will, of course, wait to see. Um, we look forward to your next, uh, the next Hooker McDonald Residential Bulletin because, again, it's always packed with useful information. So thank you so much. And that was Donald McDonald, Director of Hooker McDonald. Um, my thanks to producer Katie Tallon and to the production team at Hear Me Roar Media. Um, and also thanks to our show sponsor, Property District, changing the narrative of the industry. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast and check out all of the other real estate and construction shows on iProperty Radio. Thank you for tuning in and we'll catch you on the next episode of the Property Roundup here on iProperty Radio.